I'd like to read a scripture from the uh, book of 1 Peter, chapter 5. Praise God. Good to see everyone this morning. Chapter 5 of 1 Peter. Before I read this, some we might be interested in it. It's uh, an email I got from uh, Brother uh, Joe Ashley Gami over in Kenya, Africa, and uh, he just got a, we'd sent him a, a new bulb for his projector. Uh, he went back last summer and uh, took a projector with him to show the Jesus film primarily and then other ministries like that. Uh, he's used it down in uh, Tanzania and also in Kenya, going into schools, and he's been going also into prisons, but... Uh, not too long ago, the, the bulb gave out on him, and we sent him a new one over there. It says, we received the bulb on the 24th of this month in good order. That wasn't one of the things we wanted to do. It would get over there in good order, you know. Get over there and uh, where he could use it, not break on the way or something. And um, he goes on to say, thank you much for this product and for the distribution of buying it for our work in um, for, our, for contributing to buying it for our work in Kenya. We are so grateful that you're helping spread the great commission of Jesus Christ uh, through your support to the people of Kenya and Tanzania. This is a very powerful message to many, and we, can, we have seen many lives changed, and we trust God for more and more. Continue praying for us as we serve him. Pass our love on to all. So I'm passing it on, okay, to all. That's from Brother Joash. So if you're remembering from last conference, he was here, and he's been here two or three times before that. So it's good to hear the gospels going out over there. He's getting into prisons as well as schools and, and sharing, and he's using the Jesus film. So praise God for that. In First uh, Peter chapter 5 and verse, uh, verse 5, Peter says, young men, in the same way, be submissive to those who are older. All of you clothe yourself with humility toward one another, because God resists the proud, or opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. So, he says there, all of you. Everybody, clothe yourself with humility uh, and uh, toward one another. And uh, because God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. There's a scripture over in Isaiah that says this, that God uh, longs to be gracious to you. There's a longing in God's heart to give grace. Uh, C.J. shared a little bit with us this morning about the need for grace and how God saves us, of course, by his grace, his unmerited favor. But he longs to be gracious to us. He wants to share his grace. And it's unmerited. He wants to share it with us. And it tells us here that God opposes the proud, the arrogant, but he gives grace to the humble. And so the Bible says, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God. 
Um, and it says, do it toward one another. See, It says here, be humble toward one another. Or all of you clothe yourself with humility toward one another. So it's so important to be open and flexible and pliable and open in our lives toward each other. But I just want to talk about this a little bit this morning. It might be helpful to you because God is challenging us with new things and new ideas and challenging us with new ways. And uh, he's wanting us to always be open to his leadings. And sometimes those leadings are new to us or maybe to other people. And so God wants us to be flexible in his hand. And so uh, in, in thinking about this, I, I felt like God wanted me to share with you a few minutes about uh, humility or meekness. The word meekness is used in the King James Version. And, uh, and I think it has more of a quality to it than just uh, what the NIV uses the word gentleness in the place of it. But it's much more than gentleness. And so uh, this morning as we talk about it, I hope it's an encouragement to you. Uh, now, the kinds of, uh, there's all kinds of promises in the Bible to the meek or to the humble. God has promised guidance and teaching, Psalm 25. He's promised to teach and guide the humble. Why? Well, they're the only ones that are open to be guided and taught. Everybody else is proud. You see, so God promises if we humble ourselves, he'll teach us and guide us. That's his promise to us. Uh, the Bible says that uh, he'll beautify the humble or the meek with salvation. He'll clothe us with his salvation, his help, his guidance, his, not just guidance, but his work in our life. He'll clothe us with his salvation, all that involved in that. Uh, the Bible says that... Um, uh, tells us to go preach the gospel, especially to the meek. Why? Well, they're the only ones who are going to listen. Uh, and so there's a lot of promises to the meek. The Bible says that the meek shall inherit the earth. How about that? Those are humble before God because God's going to be able to do things in their lives and give them an inheritance that's going to last forever and ever and ever. So it's, there's a tremendous... Uh, ministry from the scriptures to us about the meek, the humble. And so many times the meek is uh, portrayed in, in our society, the meek, if somebody's meek, it's considered a person that's timid, maybe fearful, um, backward. But that's not the way the Bible talks about the meek. And that's what we want to look at today. Because when you hear somebody, well, they're just a meek person, that usually means they're kind of second class, don't, can't get much from them, not worth too much. <laughs> but God says you're worth a lot if you're meek, you're humble. And he's made all kinds of these promises to us. And the scripture says that in God's eyes, uh, it's a wonderful quality and merits all kinds of blessings to be meek and to be humble. Well, there's two especially I just want to mention to you tonight, or to, uh, today, that I think is important. Two characters in the Bible, very important characters. One is Moses. It says about Moses in Numbers 12, it says this, Moses was a very meek man more than anyone else on the face of the earth. And he's the leader of these, what, some, some think, million and a half 
up to three million people coming out of Egypt. And he was the leader. And he's the meekest man, the meekest man on the earth. Now, that's what the Bible says. See, And he certainly wasn't a man that was um, timid, though, though you see him kind of expressing that initially because he... he God had taken him through. He was 80 years old before he entered into his ministry, by the way. So I'm, I'm, he's, actually, I'm younger than he was before he started going. I've got hope, see? <laughs> Praise God. Uh, four, he, he, was, he was 40 years old when he was left Egypt and went into the wilderness, and he was 40 years in the wilderness before he was called by God to go back to Egypt and deliver the people. So, and when God spoke to Moses, if you remember at the burning bush, Moses made all kinds of excuses trying to get out of it. Uh, and, uh, you know, he, he told God all kinds of, he just, you know, I can't talk. Uh, I'm just not qualified. Uh, get somebody else to do it. Won't you get somebody else to do it, he said. You're going to see him imploring God. No, just get somebody else to do this. Then uh, God calls people like that, and that's, that's one of the qualities, I think, of meekness, is a person realizing they can't do it themselves. But God's saying to him, you can't, all right, but I'm going to supply all that's needed to get it done. God's always calling people like that. So if you feel disqualified, you're probably qualified. Uh, because God's looking for people that are willing to submit themselves to God and, and trust him enough to work, it, work in their lives and bring to pass what he wants to do in them. See, it's not about, folks, this is not about us. It's about God. This whole thing of salvation that God ordained and, and uh, provided and, and put together before the world began. It's not about us in the true sense of the word. It's about God. What he's going to do, what he's going to accomplish in spite of the obstacles, in spite of your weaknesses and, our, and problems and challenges. God's going to do something in our lives as we put Turn away from ourselves and look to him. Well, Moses were very meek, the Bible says. Now, Jesus is the other one, of course. And Jesus in Luke, or excuse me, Matthew 11, he says this. Come and learn from me, for I am meek and lowly in heart. And you'll find rest for your souls. That's um, Matthew 11, 29, 30. Uh, Come unto me, all you that labored or heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am meek and lowly in heart. Now, this is the only place that I know in the scriptures where God, Jesus, actually says something about his character. He says, come and learn from me. Look at me. Look how I'm doing it. How I'm living my life. This is a tremendously important characteristic. That's why God puts so, so many, gives so many promises to the meek, to the humble. And, uh, and it's a challenge to you and me. It, in in uh, Isaiah 66, verse 2, it says, This is the one I esteem, God says. He says, My throne is in the heavens and my earth is a footstool. Who will build me a house for me to live in? Then he turned, he said, but he, he says, this is the one I esteem. He says, I esteem the one who is humble and contrite in heart and trembles at my word. That's whom God esteems. He's not the person who's got a lot of talent, necessarily. 
I mean, not talent doesn't disqualify, but sometimes it puts up a barrier because we think it's us that's going to do it. You know, God's looking for people that he will esteem. And those that he esteem are the ones who are humble, meek and contrite in heart, humble in heart and who tremble at his word. They have great respect for his word. The scripture says this, the beginning of wisdom of the beginning of wisdom is the fear of the Lord. To begin to stand in awe of God when standing in awe of ourselves. Say, boy, God got a good catch when he got me. He really didn't get much. You know, he takes nothing and makes something good out of it like he did in the creation to begin with. So he esteems the lowly, the humble in heart. That's why not many rich, not many... those well-do enter the kingdom of God. It's hard for a rich man. Why? Because he thinks he's something. But if we really uh, look at the scriptures, that God chooses the, the lowly, the, the, the downtrodden. The, and Paul says he chooses them. Why? To, to, make, to, to declare that the wisdom of man is nothing. Wisdom of man doesn't lead us to God. It leads us away from God. There's a wisdom, though, that comes from God that leads us into the things of God. It's by the Spirit of God because nobody's ever seeking God. The Bible says we don't seek God. God has to draw us. Puts us in a pretty, pretty bad situation. But the key thing is here that God's looking for people and he works in people and challenges their lives so they can enter into what God has for them. And the key is humility. And if we, as we humble ourselves before God, God will do things in our lives. Well... Let me, let me, let's just look at this thing of, of uh, there's a couple of definitions of, of uh, meekness I'd like to draw your attention to. Again, because so many people have got the idea that meekness is this idea of timidity, fearfulness, um, af- being afraid, uh, laid back. It's not that kind of a person at all necessarily. But the, char- the true characteristic, and I, I believe these are really really are good. A couple of definitions I want to share with you this morning. First of all is it's strength under control. It's strength under control. And you see it in the life of Moses and you see it in the life of Jesus. Here's a man, Moses, who's been put into a place of great authority. I mean, uh, he had great power with God because look, look at what he did, the miracles that happened. As he, as he was a great deliverer that God had called to bring Israel out of Egypt. And he's the type, of course, of Christ who brings us out of our bondage in the world and sin and, and arrogance and, and, and uh, iniquity and all. He calls us out. He comes in, gets us, and frees us when we can't do anything for ourselves. Israel couldn't do anything for himself, but, he sit, but God calls Moses and sends him in. He sends him in with power. And God, Jesus, is sent into our lives with power. To bring deliverance. And, but it's power under control. He does, it's not out of control. But it's, it's under control. Uh, one, of the, one of the characteristics, like I said, is this, is this attitude or this, act, this ability to have power under control. And you see in the life of Moses, uh, he's, he's quite, quite a guy. You know, he's, got, he's got all these people that uh, he's brought out of Egypt. And, and every place he goes, they complain. You remember the stories? Every place. When they first come to the Red Sea, 
first thing they do is murmurs. You brought us out here to kill us by the Egyptians. They're right behind us. And the Red Sea's in front of us. You brought us out here to kill us. Well, of course, God rolled back the Red Sea and took them through when Moses stretched out his, his uh, staff across the sea. Next thing, they go to a place where the water is bitter, and immediately they begin to murmur and complain. Is God really with us? Everything that came along was a difficulty. It just, and it would grate on Moses. Sometimes he'd get angry with him, but he'd never do anything wrong. He, he wouldn't react to it. He'd just go ahead and do what God says, and they, water would come out of the rock, and, ma- and manna would fall from heaven, and, and complaining, complaining, complaining. Can you imagine a, hun- uh, uh, a million, million and a half people, and all they do is complaining? And actually, you brought them out with a great deliverance, and you take them into a wonderful land that's flowing with milk and honey. But all they can see is the personal problem, and they complain and complain and complain. But he never gets mad. I mean, he never left that angry. He does get angry, and he, and he has control. He could do things, but he, he, doesn't, uh, he doesn't respond to it. He doesn't do something wrong. The Bible says, be angry and sin not. <laughs> Uh, it's easy to get mad. Have you ever gotten mad? Yeah. 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 Some people, some people will be honest, admit it, and others won't. But uh, that's the way to, uh, I think life is. There's always things to make us mad. And if we don't wa- watch out, we, 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 we get, uh, we get, uh, uh, we let that, we don't control it. And it does something, we did something bad. The one time that Moses did get angry, and, he, and remember what he did? God told him to speak to the rock, and he struck the rock the second time. He was only supposed to hit it once. Why? Because Jesus only died once for us. See? And uh, he was supposed to speak to the rock the second time, but he didn't hit the rock the second time. And uh, that cost him going into the promised land, right? He couldn't go in. Uh, too much is given, much is required. A leader has got more responsibility than others do. And so, but he was a demonstration, really. I'm not doing too good with this, but uh, it was a demonstration of, uh, of, of, of a man who lived under control. He's controlled of his life. He'd, uh, things would happen. That they would have rebellions against him. How many remember Korah and Abiram? And they said, who are you, Moses? God, 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 like God is with all of us. And they begin to rebel against who are you, who are you to take authority? And you know what Moses did? It says he fell down in the presence of God. He didn't, he didn't harangue them. He didn't do anything. They fell down and the, and all of a sudden the glory of God appeared and, and, uh, God uh, finally determined who was really in charge. The ground opened up and swallowed quite a few of them that day. Why? It's God that set, set the man in charge. He didn't choose to be that. God had put him in that place, and God was going to use him in that place. There's always people that are, get upset. Well, who are you to tell me anything? Folks, we're not in a democracy as we follow the Lord. We're in a kingdom. And the kingdom is run by the king. <laughs> and we're to, we're to submit ourselves to him. And to have a heart that's submissive to him is really important in the kingdom of God. Uh, Miriam and, and uh, Aaron, if you remember the story, they got upset with Moses and said, well, God's spoken through us as well as Moses. 
And they were, they were, and they, it says they, they murmured against him. And it says God got angry with them. Now, God was angry too. But it's interesting. When Moses, uh, God called all three of them, and he, and, he, and, he, and he really, you might say, raked them over the coals the way they talked about Moses. And um, uh, uh, he says, he says, when I, there's a prophet in your midst, I'll speak to him through dreams and visions. But with Moses, I speak to him face to face. They, they see a form, he sees a form of God. In other words, there's, there's something there that he can actually see, a form of God. Maybe pre-incarnation pre, uh, uh, of Christ, I don't know who, actually what it was, but he could see he, he communed with him that close. And uh, he, he, said, he said to these two, he said, how dare you talk about him? We need to watch about talking about leaders. Don't just fly off at the mouth because we get a little upset about something. We need to be encouraged to, to walk with God and be like Moses. It's interesting. Uh, God, when God left, Miriam was, had, had leprosy in her body. And Aaron ran to him, who he was one of the problem makers, but Aaron ran to him and said, Lord, please, or he, he said to, he called uh, Moses Lord. He says, Lord, please, please, please help us. Pray for her. And immediately, it says, Moses went and started crying out to the Lord for her. He didn't say, oh, she deserves it. Look the way she talked about me. See, he did he had, he had his life under control. See, he had power under control. He was thinking about others rather than himself. So these things always stood out to me, or it has been recently, as I studied, looked at this whole thing of, of meekness. God has dealt with me for years on this subject. He's still working on me. Okay. See this brother? He didn't complain. He just got up here and fixed me up. I think he's going to fix me up. We'll see. Okay. Oh, okay. There we go. Okay. Thanks, brother. I appreciate it. Yeah. Praise God. The other, uh, the other word I'd like to bring to your attention is, uh, well, I might talk about Jesus a little bit. He never. You remember, he didn't call fire down from heaven on anyone. He did get angry and drive the money changers out of the temple, but he could have done a lot more than that. <laughs> he had. He had. His life was under control. He had power, but he's under control of the purposes of God. And that's what God wants us to Walk in the authority that we have under the control of God. Not just thinking we can handle things in our own life or we can just use things any way we want to. We, God wants us to be people that lives our life with the strength of God under the control of God. Praise God. And uh, Jesus was like that. Uh, he got angry at the self-righteous. Why? They were proud, arrogant. And the very thing that they were doing was hindering them from entering into the things of God. He was very angry about it. Um, but there's another definition I think that uh, really is important about uh, um, meekness and humility. And, and this is one that I just was reminded of recently. It's the absence of self-interest. Meekness is the absence of self-interest and being zealous for the interests of God and others. And you see it in the life of Moses. 
Can you imagine him, uh, uh, when God was angry with Israel and he says, get out of the way, Moses, just let me, I'm going to wipe all of them out. <laughs> and what did Moses do? Well, Mo, before he, he said, uh, finished, uh, God says, and Moses, I'm going to make from you a great nation, even greater than this one. Well, that, what does that appeal to? Pride, self-interest. And what happens? Moses intercedes and he says, Lord, remember, these are your people. And what will people think? The Egyptians and other nations, they say, well, he was able to bring them out, but he couldn't take them in to his purposes. So he just wiped them out in the desert. Think of it. Think of your name, Lord. Think of these people. They're your people. You call them out. He did that twice that I read in the scriptures recently. Uh, he, he wasn't concerned about his own interests. He was concerned about God's interests and the people of God. These people that were complaining and murmuring. See, here was a man who really, no wonder he was called a meek man. See, meekness is strength, really. It's strength under control. And it's concerning the interests of others over the interests, our personal interests, uh, and, and you, the interests of God over our personal interests. You say, well, that's all theoretical. No, it's not very practical. You see it in some people. You see it in other people. You don't see it in. You see people consumed with their own uh, identity, their own, per, their own uh, getting what they want. Is everything going their way? Uh, is God doing it the way they want it done? You know. And, and yet Moses wasn't like that. God would speak to him. And, he, and the wonderful thing about Moses, he said, when God has picked him, he says, and Moses went and did what God told him to do. And Moses did, went and, and obeyed the command of the Lord. And Moses went. See, he's a meek man. He didn't argue with God. He just went ahead and did it. Can you imagine all the details of that, temp, of that tabernacle that was built in the wilderness? I mean, it was detailed. And yet God told him two or three times, he says, be sure you build it just like I showed you. And I don't know how long it took them to build it. Uh, probably a year, maybe. Because I know when they dedica dedicated it, was, they had been in the wilderness over a year at that time. Uh, and, and they took all that time. They had to do all that intricate work and build that tabernacle. But when they built it the way God told them to do it, they were humble enough under the leadership of a humble man they humbled themselves and did it God's way. And can I say this morning, let's do it God's way. Because what happened? It says the glory of the Lord came up and the glory of the Lord came down in this tabernacle. And Moses couldn't do any more of the work on it at that time. or couldn't do any service in it because the presence of God was so strong. Isn't the presence of God we want in our life? The manifest presence. God was with all of Israel. He, he had, there was a, uh, a cloud by day, a pillar of cloud by day, a pillar of cloud by night. There was, there was always that part. But he came down and came down in this thing that, that he had told them to build. And he dwelt there. And the presence of God was so strong, Moses couldn't even go into the, the place. What does that tell us? Let's do things godly. Don't adjust it. We're always one, you know, we're, we live in a democratic society. We've got our rights to tell God how to do it. No, we don't. 
He only knows the right way to go. He only knows the way that's the best for your life. So no wonder the Bible tells us to rejoice evermore, pray without ceasing, everything give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Why? Because God's leading your life. He's promised to. He's promised, made promises in the scriptures to lead our lives. And so our life should be a life of humility, trust. We trust him enough to humble ourselves and say, all right, God, let's go. And keep doing, keep practicing uh, faith. Keep practicing Humility before God. Why? Because God's going to lead us. And, it, and the greatest thing that can happen. I'm back to this again. This is a test of uh, strength under, under control. Maybe. <laughs> I, don't, I didn't have one. If it hangs down from the front, it'll work better. It will. All right. Okay. God's under control, folks, this morning, even with his problem. Yeah. God's under control. He's got everything under control. Uh, important thing, absence of self-interest. Desire to see the glory of God. Desire to see God's glory fill our lives. And uh, Moses was like this, did not seek the position, tried his best to get out of it, didn't fight for the position. He let God vindicate him. Jesus, a perfect example of one who submits himself to God and is after the glory of God. He says, he said, uh, Jesus said, I've come. To do thy will, O God. Why did he come to the earth? To make a name for himself? No, he said, I don't seek any glory. Now, God was glorifying him all the time, but he didn't seek it. He, seek, he sought to do God's will. Sometimes it was, it, was, it was pleasant in the eyes of people. Other times it wasn't so pleasant. In fact, finally it got him crucified. Because he was doing God's will. So it's so important to realize Jesus said, I've come to do your will. And I think it's when it's in the Psalms, it's taken from the Psalms. And and he says it, he says it this way. He says, I delight to do thy will, O God. Can you imagine that delighting to do God's will? What am I going to get out of this, God? You know, everything going to go my way. (laughs) See, humility, meekness is really important with God. He makes all kinds of promises to those who are meek. I remember uh, years ago, a group of young men, some some couples, gathered in in a little uh, a little church in Waco, Texas, and we all felt that God had sent us there. I was one of them, and. you know, and we hear about the exciting things. There was missionaries going in and out of there. They're going over, going by faith. And they, they went to India and, and trusting God. And God was doing wonderful things. We hear about these testimonies. And they'd have conferences there. And God would work and fill people with spirit. And God would touch people in different ways. And, and um, we were so excited. We just, 
uh, I remember uh, so many of the guys, and they'd say, oh, boy, boy I can't wait till I get out. This, I don't want to stay here any longer, man. I just want to get out and do something for God. And, you know, after we got out, well, I was probably one of them. Uh, after we got out and began to be in another locality or something, we look back and say, oh, I sure wish I was back there again. We're always wanting to jump and run, get something, you know, do something on our own, get something started. But uh, Jesus wasn't like that in his life. He just did what God wanted him to do. Can you imagine that? Just did what God wanted him to do. We told about his brothers who didn't believe in him. It was time. It was a it was a feast of the tabernacles down in Jerusalem, and his brothers. Um, they said anybody's looking. Anybody's got a ministry. They didn't believe in him. He'd done miracles. They still didn't believe in him. He said, but anybody got, anybody's got a ministry. They want to go down where the action is. You better go down to Jerusalem. That's where things are happening. That's, that's the big feast down there. You'll get a lot of publicity down there. And Jesus said, my time hasn't come yet. Your time is always here, he says. <laughs> yeah, but my time hasn't come. He was willing to wait on God. Let God do what he wanted to do in his life. But he wasn't, that doesn't mean he was passive. The Bible talks about being diligent. The quality, it's a good quality of being diligent. He says, but it also says don't be hasty. They aren't the same. Diligence is not necessary haste. But it's being committed to let God do what you, and keep after it until God produces what he wants to do and you're not. You don't give up. But you are diligent to continue to seek the Lord, to get, stay in his word, to be around people that are looking or that are serving God, to learn from them. Why? Because you want you're diligent because you see the value of following God and having God's will done in your life. And so you're, you have that kind of an attitude. But it's a diligent thing. But you're not hasty. Like, I'm going to get out and do something no matter what happens. God wants us to be people who uh, are really committed to Walk before God in meekness and humility and let his will be accomplished. Well, I'm just touching on some things. The Christian, just in closing, let me say the Christian is like this, folks. The Christian, Paul says, you're not your own. You're bought with a price. You don't belong to yourself anymore. Who do you belong to? Jesus Christ. He purchased you and brought you into his kingdom. Not for you to, to decide you're going to help him out. He doesn't need your help. But he needs your submission. So he can accomplish through you what he wants to do. That's not being passive. It's being diligent to give yourself to God. Keep giving yourself to God. And, uh, but don't be anxious. Sometimes anxiety will drive us to do things that we shouldn't do yet. Or we shouldn't do at all. So uh, let's give our let's open ourselves up to God in a new way. If, if uh, maybe you just need to mull that over uh, in your mind, uh, where am I in my relationship with God? Where am I seeking God? But am I am I willing to let God have His way in my life, or have I got my own plans? And uh, we'll find out that God has His plans already laid out if we're willing to submit to Him and trust Him with our life and just keep. Giving ourselves to him, he'll lead us into what he has for us. Praise God. Let's all stand.
Let's look to God in prayer just for a moment. Lord, thank you for your word that's a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. Thank you, Lord, that we can, the yoke you've given us is easy and the burden is light. We don't have to produce things in our own ability and worry and fret and stew and, 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 and struggle with life. We can trust you. And even when difficulties come along, we can trust you because you are faithful to guide our steps. And you've, you guide us into difficulties many times to, to forgive it, giving us an opportunity to trust you and submit to you in that situation. Oh, Lord, we praise you that you're such a great God. And, Lord, you can do exceeding abundantly above all that we can ask or think according to the power of the Spirit that works in us. You can change our lives. You can overcome every weakness. Lord, you can uh, bring us forth and be a, make us a testimony for Christ in the way that you want. Help us, Lord, to be diligent, but not hasty. Submitting ourselves, trusting you, praising you every day, Lord. And bring to pass what you've purposed, O oh God, for each life, we pray. Thank you for your blessing on this group, these people. Your purpose is being worked out, Father, in this church, in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Finished? Uh, you're dismissed, folks. God bless you. If anyone needs prayer, uh, brothers are available here to pray for you.